0: Let me tell you today about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, or you can record it on another device or platform and transfer it to Anchor. It will distribute your podcast for you through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast right in one place download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started.
1: Welcome, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show, the show that can finally talk about real baseball. D-Mendy here. Ready to get my Corbin Burns on. You know, you, know, won't, you won't know what's coming. I'm here with uh, Covey, Art Tornabetti, a.k.a. Lil Cheesecake. What's the good word, brother?
0: Good word is uh, the Cubs are, are one and one. We got baseball uh, coming in hot and heavy. You can check box scores now again. You can check your fantasy squads. Life is back to good. Uh, that's the good word.
1: <laughs> I love it. Eric Mendelssohn is also here. What's up? You know, not much. Uh,
0: Fantasy
2: baseball is back, and that's great, but it also brought an element of stress I forgot about.
1: (laughs) Ain't that the truth? And before we go further, Eric, I want to say publicly you were right. I will not doubt you anymore. I'm quitting my Andrew Benatendi addiction. Today is the day.
2: I told David last year, I said, we need to have a dialogue about how Andrew Benatendi is overrated. And he was always no, 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 or give him a give him one more shot. It's yeah,
1: I'm it's over add,
2: it. It's an addiction that you need to cut out.
1: I'm over it. It's I picked him in every single one of my fan FanDuel lineups. I still cashed today, but he literally had a big fat zero. And he was someone that everybody was really high on today. I'm just over it. He's he just this empty potential that I just I think he's just going to be an average player. But I'm not here to de-stress about it.
2: It's a tough realization.
1: For sure. Well, anyway, on deck, we have a review of the first three days of Major League Baseball. As we said, it's back. So we're going to break down what we've seen over these three games, look at potential breakouts, troubling trends, items to watch for, and more. After that, we're going to go to our bullpen for question of the week. Who are you selling high on? And no game this week. We're going to probably finish up after question of the week. For those that don't know, we recorded a mock draft on Thursday, and we were not able to get the audio from that. So this is a bonus episode we're putting out there, so we're going to cut it a little shorter than our normal shows. But we should still be as entertaining as always for you guys. So with that being said, let's go first up at bat, our news and notes. First bit of news, we haven't talked to you guys since Wednesday, and will be announced on Thursday afternoon, there will be a new playoff format that's going to feature a best of 3 wild card series in the first round instead of a sudden death wild card game. It's going to be eight teams per American League, eight teams in the National League, no buys. The ho- the higher seed is going to host all three games. So this is a interesting twist. Eric, what do you think of this new format?
2: Uh, I think it's good to experiment for this year. Obviously, they're doing it because of the revenue that if more teams make it. But you have to really feel for the teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees that we're probably going to benefit from having smaller postseasons or from a normal uh, smaller postseason. And they could face a team like the Nationals were last year. that just got hot at the right time. So, you know, good for us, for the fans, but for those really top tier teams, unfortunate.
1: Were you asking me to feel sorry for the Yankees and the Dodgers?
2: Uh for the Dodgers, yes. Dodgers have had their heart broken a lot. As soon as I said Yankees, I was like, eh, probably not. And that's why I didn't mention the Astros.
1: I don't feel sorry for any of those teams. They just they buy more than anybody else. I don't You can't that's to me that's like an uh, an oxymoron. But Art, what are your thoughts?
0: I think it's great. I love that uh, the 16 teams in basketball making it, 16 teams in the NHL making it. Um, I I love having a good shot of your team being in the dance at the end. It's so much fun to think about, you know, whoever the eighth seed will be in the National League getting to play the number one seed and, and there being an actual, you know, tournament. Sweet, you know, a sweet sixteen of the of the of the major leagues. I I I love it. The one game, um, the one game playoff for the wild card never really never really did anything for me. I always thought it was kind of anticlimactic to have one game after a hundred and sixty two. Having it go into a, a little tournament like this to me is so much more fun. I wish they would institute this permanently. Actually.
1: Really quick, Art, I'll go right back to you. Do you think this sticks around past the season?
0: No. No, I think they have to collectively bargain. And, uh, you know, there would have to be some compensation from the owners to to, uh, to the players to get something like this past this season. Eric? Yeah, I don't think it's going to stick. I think
2: in this crazy short season, you know, this is just something to experiment with, but... You know, To go from 10 teams to 16, I think is a huge jump.
1: Fair enough. Let's move to our next bit of news. Right before the first game was getting ready to kick off, Juan Soto tested positive for COVID. Right now, he just had tested today for his first negative test, so he should hopefully be back soon. Rich Hill was scratched from his start. He's pushed back to the fifth game of the season. Steven Strasburg was scratched due to nerve damage in his hand. Clayton Kershaw was scratched on opening day, but before his start, because of a weight room incident with his back Art, I'm going to start with you. Obviously the COVID stuff you can't predict. I think a lot of people were saying in a shortened season injuries, they weren't scared of as much because they thought shorter season, less chance to get hurt. Has Rich Hill, Steven Strasburg, Clayton Kershaw, just to start, have they kind of changed your thinking or do you feel the same?
0: I mean, it, it is normal for Strasburg and Kershaw to have funky last minute, uh, 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 loss of a start. So it's like, Oh, this is, this is normal, you know, and, and this is what we've been saying about these pitchers for years and years. Uh, are we, would we be surprised if Strasburg was healthy for his contract year and went back to his normal ways afterwards? Not at all. And Kershaw has had back problems for years. Um, I really liked Kershaw going in and I ended up not getting him anywhere. So this kind of makes me feel a little bit better about striking out on Kershaw, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's regular fantasy baseball stuff.
1: Greed Eric, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think art was very accurate with Strasburg's health last year. You know, these are kind of just the injuries that they, that these people have dealt with their entire career and, it's just it's interesting the timing, you know, right before that they're supposed to start when we've had the season pushed back, um, you know, two and a half three months is is really ironic. But you know, you just hope that these guys get healthy and can play at some point this season.
1: I'm always interested to see guys that get pushed up draft boards after when they're historically hurt a lot of years and then they have one semi healthy season and someone like Strasburg gets bumped up again and I was like please like go take him because he just got paid so there's no motivation to stay healthy they're in a short and weird season I was like everything's odds pushed against him from doing anything like last year and that he could very well still be obviously very dominant but at the cost that he was his ADP as far as what it was costing I was staying away from him
2: David there's no incentive for him to stay healthy how about just treating his body right
1: i mean i'm I'm just saying I, I just always feel like once someone gets paid all of a sudden that nagging back pain comes back, or i mean the nerve damage is a is a little bit of a different story but i i just I'm very cautious of guys that already are injury prone but then if they're yeah. coming off a healthy year and it's their contract year i'm 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 not willing to pay the extra cost that they're gonna cost in a draft and well, we talked about Rich Hill, too. I mean, it's it's a different kind of thing because with Rich Hill, he was going undrafted or you were able to snag him, in, you know, in the 200s a lot of times. So with him, it wasn't yeah. much of a risk. So it's a little bit different in that case.
0: And he just got pushed back a few days. There's no, I mean, I don't think that that's too much of a concern that you get someone like Rich Hill who's, who's you know, just give him a few more days. If he, like, if in if the fifth game comes around and they're like uh we're going to push him back again yeah i think we just drop him then but uh otherwise i don't think there's any anything uh anything to see here
1: yeah well it's a wait and see approach So anything can happen in 60 games as we've said and or right, i think you definitely touched on it if a guy keeps getting pushed back or they're getting hurt you don't have the time you can't hold on to them you have to drop them because every single game is that much more important in your fantasy lineup with that being said do you like what you hear do you like what you hear so far make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast now want to hear more triple play great news for you we have a football show that you can check out also available anywhere you get your podcasts if you're enjoying the content how about being as cool as the new Seattle hockey team logo, the Krakens, and leave us a five-star rating and review? Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TripplayFantasy. Eric runs our social media, provides great daily questions, weird gifts, and of course our weekly episode drops. Help us sprout our wings and fly into the top podcasts on the charts. Lastly, tell a friend about us and send them an AIM to listen to the show. <laughs> we want to keep you entertained but it starts with you thank you the loyal player for your listens each and every week let's move to our main content and that's our three takeaways we've seen from the first three days of MLB action All three of us are going to give you three things that have caught our eye so far this season. It's extremely early on, and we get that, but just things that kind of poked out to us. And we're going to kind of give you some stats and tidbits to keep in mind with everything that we give you. So we'll go 1-1-1 and just keep going around. So, Art, kick us off. What's the first thing that you noticed early on in the MLB season?
0: Well, I'm going to say something that needs to be said, but it's like a broken record, I think. Home runs are down early this in this season there seemed to be an effort to to that last season was a little bit too homer happy homers are way down granted it's been like a game or two for for these teams but that in those game in that one or two small game sample homers are down from about 1.4 per game to under one per game which is a significant significant drop that's the first big thing
1: that's way to start out strong Step, yeah. your front, step your best foot forward. I like it, Eric.
2: Um, my first thing, and I'm going to start with the first game of the season. I'm a Nationals fan, and I'm really happy they won the World Series. But I don't think that they look good this year, and I don't think even with 16 teams, they're going to make the playoffs.
1: Oh, so you don't think they're going to be one of the eight teams in the National League?
2: No, I was looking at their lineup, and with Soto out, um, you know they had Andrew Stevenson start. They have Howie Kendrick hitting in the four. You know, Trey Turner's a a good hitter, and Adam Eaton's good, too, but there's nobody that is a bonafide home run hitter or that really strikes fear in your lineup. Scherzer, his line, 5.1 innings, six hits, four earned, four walks. I think the 11Ks is the silver lining, but he's playing against the Yankees that swing and miss out a lot. Um, And especially with Strasburg now, I just see the Nats tanking this season.
1: Do you don't think when Ron Soto comes back that they have a chance?
2: No, even with soda, I think I think it's a pretty weak roster.
1: Well, one thing that I'm glad that you brought that up, one thing I did forget to mention when I was talking about the new playoff format is that it's going to be two teams from every division, the top two records, and then it'll be the two best records after that. So the Nats could still, if they hopefully could finish, you know, in the top two in their division, they would still make it. But that's that's a bold take, but you must really be down on their offense, which is fair from what we've seen so far. My first thing I've noticed is the platoon splits are real. The platoons are out and they're out and heavy. With 60 games, these managers aren't letting their best players play. They're looking all at the the lefty righty matchups and they're playing their guys. And I, I'm noticing Kevin Pillar goes off against Baltimore in the first game, gets three hits. He's benched the next day just because he doesn't do as well against righties. So he's playing against lefties. verdugos leading off against righties. Then you have Jesse Winker and Ori Akiyama today for the Cincinnati Reds going against a right-hander when they had Phil Irvin and Matt Davidson going against a left-hander the day before. Then you have Jordan Luplow for the Cleveland Indians that went against Danny Duffy yesterday. He's out of the lineup today. Wilmer Flores for the Giants in today wasn't in yesterday. Adam Duvall for the Braves in today wasn't in yesterday. All these managers are looking at these splits, and with 60 games, they're not being like, oh, we're just going to give them a day off and play Duvall this one time against the lefty. They're They're like, look, who's my best nine guys versus left and right-handed pitchers, and they're playing those guys. And guys like... Phil Irvin, guys like Matt Davidson, like they're completely going to just be using platoon splits. So I'm noticing that all these teams are not shy about switching their lineups. Who leads off? Who hits ninth? Who's in and who's out? It's all just based off the statistics for platoons.
0: That's really cool. I mean, I think that's that's how you would expect something like this to happen. Uh, you would expect teams to be playing it more like playoffs, trying to get every little advantage. Uh, and, uh, uh, and maybe with bigger rosters, they are able to carry an extra hitter. Some teams, I'm not sure exactly how every team is, is fixed, but that's really, that's a really cool, uh, uh, um, wrinkle to this one. This season, yeah.
1: it makes, I, I'm a very big DFS player and it's been making, making picks on there. Very interesting. Cause guys like Adam Duvall hit a home run today and he's a guy that you look at his, you will look at his. His numbers versus left-handed pitchers, it's 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 obviously a lot higher than his righty. He'll never be in versus a right-hander, but it's like guys like Adam Duval are actually in a lot more people's lineups than people think. It's just because every, there's so much platooning that guys like that are such a low cost that you can fit in your lineup and spend el- elsewhere. And you know, again, it's guys like Jordan Luplo, uh, The first day was a highly owned guy who's was a uh, fourth outfielder for the Indians. It's, so it's very interesting how it's it's going into daily fantasy with all these platoon splits as well. Um, Art, give us your second one.
0: Uh, I'm I'm looking at pitch counts. Everyone's going seems to be going on a, a pretty good, pretty strict pitch count. I haven't seen anyone uh, go too too deep in games. Well. Kyle Hendricks went nine, but he was cruising. Uh, but everyone's going. The Max Resina is around seven for everyone else. Uh, pitch counts are are keeping the starting pitchers uh, in, in you know in lower inning counts. But uh, you know the good guys are Flaherty, Hendricks, um, Sonny Gray. Uh, um, you know uh, they all showed up. All showed up. That, Uh, Garrett Cole all showed up pitching, you know, pitching is confusing. Pitching is crazy, but pitching is not that crazy either. Get yourself some studs and they're going to be studs.
1: I'm glad that I wrote down four because that was one of mine art. Very good thinking. I think it's been like 60 to 75 pitches. I feel like have been the, the roughly the amount. And it's funny because even the established guys, I, I was, Think like Justin Verlander, they weren't even letting go, and I'm like, if you're not letting Justin Verlander even go like his normal amount, then nobody's going. Well, you know.
2: it's, it's it's interesting too because you know the the Yankees and Nationals are playing now, and Paxton gave up three earned in the first inning and they yanked him, and he only threw 41 pitches. And I know we've uh, alluded this on other episodes that you know if a team thinks that a pitcher is going to get bombed that day, that they're going to yank it quicker, which I think is kind of in touch with that pitch count
1: good point eric does that lead into your second one
2: um it does a little bit i think the cool thing about baseball is there's always these weird quirks and records um so for the first couple days max scherzer when he struck out 11 was the first pitcher since 1893 to have three consecutive opening days with at least 10 plus strikeouts that's that's over 120 years ago. Um, that's that's fascinating. And then Shane Beaver yesterday with his 14 Ks is the most on an opening day without allowing a run. So it's just cool that the season has started and there's already things that, you know, there's always a new record or wrinkle or something in baseball.
1: Yeah, my next one ties into pitching as well. And, I'm noticing that it looks like even this season, more especially, if you can control, you are so much better than most other pitchers. And I'm looking at guys that have nasty stuff. I'm looking at the guys like Max Scherzer that had 11 strikeouts but gave up four earned runs and I think had, what, four or five walks. And, you know, you look at guys like Corbin Burns who have been talked up all offseason – but only lasted about three innings just because he couldn't command his pitches. And then I look at guys like Kyle Hendricks won a complete game yesterday and he was just pounding the corners. He he tops out at 88 miles an hour and guys are still looking silly when he pitches and guys like like Alex Cobb doesn't, I think go above like 92, 93. Uh, That's that's what he tops out at. He usually is consistently in the lower nineties and he was painting the corners and, and, Alex Cobb isn't a, a man, Peter, by any, any means. And he just was commanding the zone and, and killing the Red Sox. So it's, I'm I'm just very interested seeing all these guys that don't have overpowering stuff, but it's kind of like the, the control is making a comeback and it's like not just throwing high heat and getting guys to go up in the zone, but if you can locate, and I saw it, I didn't put this on the list, but Adam Wainwright did that today. I was if, you watch, add- if you watched him pitch today, he pitched six innings, he gave up one run He was literally getting every corner. He was getting a curveball to land on the top left corner of the zone. He was pitching a changeup down on the inside of the zone. He was just hitting everything, hitting his spots to perfection. And it just goes to show that we've talked about it before when we've had pitchers come on our show, that control is what it's all about. It's not about velocity. Velocity is kind of the glorified aspect of pitching. But if you can command and hit your spots – and just change speed somewhat, you're going to be really successful. And Kyle Hendricks is the poster boy for that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. And I think for Alex Cobb, I mean, I'm going to say today was fluke. I'm not an Alex Cobb fan. But it's a lot of veterans, too. You know, you think Adam Wainwright in his later 30s with you know not a lot of good velocity um, would be hit around. But he threw 83 pitches today. And like you said, just great command. Only walked one, allowed three hits. So... You know, Maybe maybe the veterans are really going to benefit from this.
1: Agreed. Let's go to our last one. Art, lead us off.
0: So uh, Ronald Acuna has six strikeouts in his first nine at-bats in two games. And a Philadelphia Philly named Phil Gosselin has two home runs and three at-bats. So drop Ronald Acuna, pick up Phil Gosselin. <laughs> no. Gosselin played DH for them for Philadelphia hit two home runs. I, 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 I'm starting to like, think about just these random people who are going to be playing DH and, uh, and the, the DFS implications of them, like Phil Gosselin would probably have been super cheap Mm -hmm. and he just knocked out two bombs. He's probably, uh, I, I didn't even check the box score. I just saw that he's leading the majors in home runs right now. Um, and uh, and uh, Ronald Acuna is leading the majors in strikeouts and has one hit nine at, nine at bats. Uh, so it's uh, the DH is going to lead to some uh, some funky players getting some ABs in the National League. And uh, Phil Goslin was the first was the first example of that to me to my eyes. He's a 31 year old shortstop. Um, two home runs for you yesterday, though, if you played them. with a walk. So,
1: I wonder if he's related to Tony Gosselin.
0: God, he's a stress
2: ball. Um, to own in fantasy, at least
1: they have to be related. That's such a unique last name to not be related. Eric, what's your next one?
2: Uh, my final one is. I think it's interesting that nobody has thrown at the Astros yet. I know that they did a little bit in the preseason, but you know, this was something that prior to the coronavirus and negotiations was a really big storm cloud over baseball. And, you know, you think that the, uh, the pitchers that face these hitters that know that they've cheated would have some sort of retaliation, but not right away.
1: It isn't. I didn't think about that. It's an interesting thought. My last one, and I want to give credit to Jeff Zimmerman for tweeting this out. He put out the, Average fastball velocity differences from last year with some of the pitchers, the high-end pitchers that have gone so far. And a lot of the guys that are have their velocity down um, got hit hard yesterday. Madison Bumgarner didn't have a great outing. Charlie Morton, Madison Bumgarner was down three miles on his fastball. Charlie Morton was down 2.6 miles on his fastball, gave up six runs. Aaron Nola down a 1.5 ticks. Lasted, I think gave up four in runs in about like five innings. Uh, Danny Duffy only lasted about three innings, gave up a couple runs. Ross Stripling was down about 1.2, but they said when he's a starting pitcher, his average velocity is down anyway. Yeah. And Joe Musgrove was down a little bit, didn't look great. Shane Beaver was up almost a tick. Kyle Hendricks was up almost a tick. Chris Paddock was up almost a tick. Woodruff was up almost a tick. Alcantara was up 1.3 miles an hour on his fastball. So I thought it was really interesting that – a being able to correlate who's coming out of the gates either down on their velocity or up on their velocity and look how it's translating to their performances when they pitch. So I think it's something that doesn't get talked about enough. And again, this is all the credit to Jeff Zimmerman that you you look at the velocity difference and and maybe yeah maybe as some Bumgarner's and Mordens and those guys their velocity steadies out to what their career norm are after a couple starts. But if their velocity is going down, I don't see them having much more success or anything close to what they've done in the past so it's something if you play fantasy or if you I wouldn't even worry about for daily fantasy if you play fantasy and you drafted these guys Charlie Morton's a high round pick Aaron Noel is a high round pick just keep an eye on it because it's something that if it continues I would consider trying to sell high on them while their name still carries value but any thoughts on that guys or anything that we said before we move on
2: no, I think that was a good list. We touched on
0: a lot of things. I I wanted to um, actually comment on the last two things. One of the thing about the Astros is like I I'm a I I am afraid that the moment of throwing at the Astros might have been uh, sort of taken over by by the seriousness of, of a national pandemic, and it might seem somewhat I don't know. Somewhat uh, trite, somewhat, some, somewhat small to throw at them now, and uh, that's just that. It stinks. I was, I was hoping we'd see some throw some (laughs) beanballs.
2: Yeah, it's
1: It's only two games in. Wait till maybe that first rivalry matchup. Seattle's kind of a not really a a rival team. Wait till the Yankees play them, or wait till uh, the Dodgers. The The Dodgers Dodgers play them. I mean, there's. I, I would say I wouldn't say count it out yet.
0: Um, but I, I also like, it's funny when when you bring up those guys who are losing ticks, some of those veteran pitchers too, uh, there's not that many pitchers like Zach Greinke who can come in and start off at like 70 something and then work their way up and be at like 88, 89, once the season starts and be perfectly perfect, you know, as, as effective as ever. Um, some of those guys, perhaps, perhaps Morton's the type of guy who can who can age into being that type of a pitcher. But I'm not sure. It's really worrying. But uh, I, you don't know how this 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 uh, summer camp or whatever they were calling it, how that sort of uh, uh, ramp up affected the pitchers exactly, because it's it's not what they normally would be doing.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's it goes into right in hand in hand with everything the unknown and this would be the time that guys would still be building up in spring training right now because a lot of these guys only had one or two starts in in the summer camp so that's why again keep an eye on the the velocities because they may normalize this might be something that they go through in spring training that doesn't get talked about and then after five or six spring training starts they're fine you know mm-hmm. so I think we we touched on some great stuff and there's gonna be. A whole new list of stuff when we talk again next week. So we're going to keep an eye on some more things. But for now, let's move to our last segment for the week. Question of the week. This week's question, who should you try and sell high on after this first Three games of action so pretty much uh two games for most teams or pretty much for all the teams going finishing up the first weekend of action art who are you selling high on
0: i think that the the player to me who's come out of this opening weekend with m- more shine than he deserves is dustin may and only because The situation made him the opening day starter. He came and he wasn't amazing. He was good, though. He struck out a lot of batters. And he was the guy the Dodgers went to. I think Dustin May is going to be very effective, but I think he's going to be a very frustrating pitcher. I think at this point right now, though, after coming out, being this huge prospect, getting the opening day start, doing pretty well in it, this is a guy who probably has a little bit of an inflated value right now. I might be looking to move Dustin May at this point.
1: Don't. Uh, hopefully, that people that play with us don't listen to this podcast since I have him. <laughs> but I like that call, and I think it's interesting you bring that up because I think a lot of times, especially games that are in prime time, things get so glorified through Twitter. They see one strikeout that that person have. They see the velocity. And everybody's like, "Oh my God, who is this guy?" And and it can easily just be lost that, okay, is he is his are his pitches moving? Is he locating? Mm-hmm. Does he have a good? Does he have a secondary or third pitch he can go to? Does he have a velocity difference? See, does did he keep guys off? Back? There's so many factors that go into being a good pitcher. So if a guy sees someone throwing 100 miles an hour and has like flair when they're doing it. I think everybody thinks he's, they're the next big thing coming, and I think that's a really good point that you made, Art.
2: Don't, don't forget about this as well, because I, I bring up this point because my friend who uh, doesn't really watch baseball was watching me and said, oh, Dustin May's hair is wild. Like, He's such an identifiable guy. I, everybody that does fantasy knew about him last year, but like you said, being on that national stage and him just being such a unique-looking guy, I feel like low-key inflates his value a little bit.
1: You guys know his nickname, right?
2: Uh Carrot Top.
1: No. Art, do you know it? No. Ginger Guard.
0: I instead, do remember that. Instead of
1: Cinder Guard, Ginger Guard.
0: Oh, I like it. Okay. All right. I like it.
1: Eric, what's your <laughs> player?
0: Uh,
2: this might not come as a surprise, but John Carlos Stanton is. Mm-hmm. He has two home runs in the first two games with only one strikeout, which is unheard of for both of them. He's actually healthy to begin the season, but I don't think that will last. I think he's going to do something at some point to get hurt. So get whatever value you can for him now before he breaks another bone because he's glass.
1: How many home runs is he going to have to hit before you have to take back what you say?
2: Um, I mean, he could hit home runs, but he i think he will get hurt at some point
1: if he lasts this whole season healthy and has 20 home runs which in a 60 game season is pretty good what would you take that what you said
2: um i mean i'll admit i was wrong but i would be i'd be the equivalent of like hungover like my stomach would hurt i'd like cry a little bit um it would just suck because he would play more games in a shortened season than all of last year
1: Well, I'll make sure that you uh, will record when you give your written apology on air.
2: Uh, I can't wait until two weeks when I say, hey, guys, remember I told you John Carlo is going to get hurt. Hope you traded him for something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My player applies more in points leagues, and it's someone I drafted in my NFBC draft. uh, Pretty much towards the end, it's Kyle Lewis. He's hit home runs off Justin Verlander and Lance McCullers. And he's that shiny new toy that people in a lot of 12-team leagues didn't draft. And he is all about the power, but he strikes out at such an insane rate. It was over 30% last year in his limited time. The dude's got power for days, but if you're in a points league, he strikes out so much. And I showed Eric that he's he homered in back-to-back days, but yet he still finishes with five and four points. And that's on days he hits home runs. So imagine he doesn't really walk a crazy amount. You know, this, this is dude's easily capable of over four with three K's on a consistent basis. So in Roto, if you're looking for power, which I was in my draft, he's a great get. But if you're in a points league, this is not the guy you should be looking to sign. If you're putting him in every day in your lineup, because he's going to a lot of times give you a lot of negative outings. So don't don't fall victim to that guy that homers back to back days when he strikes out at the rate that he does.
0: Good call. That's very fair.
1: Anything you guys want to add before we kind of cap off this episode? Because this is obviously just going to be a very short one. It's a kind of a bonus second one we recorded this week.
2: Yeah, just enjoy baseball while it's around. You know, obviously we hope we get the entire season, but uh, the pandemic we're dealing with, crazy things can happen. There, there is a possibility that at some point, if the numbers keep rising. Baseball will have to be shut down. So just enjoy the games while we have them. We didn't think we were going to have a season at one point.
1: Someone was especially thinking we weren't going to have a season.
2: Yeah, but Manfred even came out at some point and said, I can't 100% guarantee a season. Eric was wrong. Eric was wrong. I'm
0: I'm happy to be wrong. Good. Art? Uh, I mean, Jacob deGrom looked really good uh, Garrett Cole looked really good uh Shane Bieber looked really good uh, I'm 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 loving the pitching I'm loving the gifts back up on Twitter uh I'm loving Alex Fast saying hey guys remember there's still Korean baseball we can watch <laughs> 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 you're, like, you're like you're bored at like 4 a.m. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like oh Alex <laughs> I think everyone's done with that now um <laughs> <laughs> but uh oh man uh the pitching has just been amazing to see these guys work and come out and and let it fly um there's a little bit it's a little bit weird uh the pumped in noise uh, is a little bit weird sometimes and the and the fan the car, cardboard cutout fans is really weird
1: the mets have cu- cutboard cutout dogs
2: i i like that Let's have a cut cardboard cutout triple play fantasy logo.
0: can
1: make oh, that's it happen. Good. Well, we're speaking of different things for triple play, one thing I will tell you guys is we are really moving and grooving here. I want to shout this out real quick. We are approaching 950 Twitter followers, and we're going to have a big giveaway that we're going to announce publicly on Twitter coming up soon, so keep a lookout for that. And we have we're working on getting a nice little intro song for you guys, something that is going to be done by a good friend of the show. And we're looking forward to hear you guys hearing a lot of creative things being done with this podcast, both the baseball and football one. So please make sure you guys are subscribed and you're listening because big things are coming. And we want to maintain being very interactive with you guys. So if things you like, you don't like that we're doing, we all want to hear about it. So make sure you write and complain to Eric at Trip Play Fantasy okay. since he runs it.
2: Uh, make sure you write to me and say what a great job I'm doing and how I'm such a better brother than David.
1: Don't do the <laughs> second part. But with that being said, one thing I do want to say before we leave, Wade Davis sucks. I don't know how. He's still the closer for the Rockies. He got a save, but he gave up another run today. <laughs> he literally is, he gives up a run every time he pitches now. Why is he a closer? I don't understand. I
2: don't it's know, that I'm contract. T- I hate it's Wade true. Davis.
1: I, I don't hate Wade Davis the person. I hate Wade Davis the baseball player.
2: You can't separate them. You hate Wade Davis. You said it on uh, on public ra- or on on uh, on air. All
1: right, well, I don't want to end talking about Wade Davis. So, happy thoughts. Keep keep with us, guys. The season's underway. We've got great stuff coming this season. We're excited to actually talk baseball because we haven't when we started this podcast back in March. It's been all offseason, all drafts, excited to talk about baseball and help you win your league. So with that being said, this is your host, D. Mendy, signing off. Art and Eric signing off. We'll catch you all next week.